We are uh, continuing in a series this summer of taking steps to become more like we were created to be and to do those things that God created us for. And here at Bethel, those steps, kind of steps to discipleship, steps to a deeper relationship with Christ, we say they're very simple. And we take that word simple and we use the first letter of each to remind us of those steps. That we're going to first study the life of Christ, the hoopagrammas, the the one we model our life after. And uh, the next one is invest. And I think it's the next slide uh, is invest. And that is invest in the three things that are eternal. The uh, God, his uh, word, and people. Everything else is of uh, investment that will not pay dividends in the end. These are eternal dividends in these investments. So that's where we want to put our focus. We want to minister through the ways that God has gifted us, our resources and our spiritual gifts. We learned that we come with preloaded software for the kingdom of God. We are designed to make a difference through our spiritual gifts. Last week, we looked at the whole area of prayer, of of communicating, of using the the vehicle of prayer to connect and uh, and this day, we li- want to now spend some time listening to the Holy Spirit. And so, before we do that, I would invite you to join me for a word of prayer. Gracious Heavenly Father, we pray as we uh, set this time aside that you would help us to set those things that we're carrying off to the side so we could focus our attention on you Open our eyes and our hearts to everything that you would have us know this day and make our feet swift to follow. If there would be anything that would hinder us hearing you, I pray you would remove it. For we um, pray these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Now, the first thing I would like you to do is just for a few moments, want to be absolutely quiet. I just want you to put on, as your teacher might have said, put on your ears and and just tell me what you hear for just a few moments. Okay. Well, I don't know what that bell was, but that wasn't in the script. (laughs) How many heard a bell or is that just me? The angel got their wings or something? I don't (laughs) don't know. That's a nice alarm. But there was the hum of the air conditioning. There was the, the, uh, the cars outside. Somebody shifted their weight and there were one of the pews creaked for a moment. You may be sitting next to somebody who's under their breath going, I don't hear anything. What are we supposed to hear? This place was filled with music. It it was here. It was over there. It was over there. And it's over there. Did you hear the music? Let, Let me help you to hear the music that is was in this room. Now, where did this music come from? I don't want to uh, 
destroyed too many brain cells. Did the music originate in this box? Maybe, maybe if I ask you this way, is there a miniature band in this box? No, good, thanks, thanks. We practiced that. That's, no. Then where did the music come from? The music is all around us. It's in the air. The, uh, the waves, the musical waves are in the air. You need two things to hear it. You need an antenna and you need a receiver to experience what you can't see. We cannot see those radio waves. So how do we know it, they're there? We can't see the air that you breathe. How many believe that there is air we, in this place? Yep. You can't see it. Well, maybe if you were in California, you could see it. But here, you can't see it. So how do you know it's there? Well, you know the radio waves are there because you experience it through the antenna and the receiver. You know that there's air in this room because you experience the air as you take in a breath. You can't see the radio waves, but you can see uh, the effects of the air, wind, um, that would move a house off of a foundation that keeps an airplane in the sky. It's very powerful. Even though you can't see it, you can experience it. That is the exact same statement you can make about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you can't see, but you can know that the Holy Spirit is present because you can experience the Holy Spirit. Now, when, um, how important is the Holy Spirit? Because there are churches that would say the Holy Spirit's not important at all. There are other churches and denominations that says the Holy Spirit is the most important thing in the kingdom of God. And where do you line up on that continuum. How important is the Holy Spirit to you? How many times this morning did you think about the Holy Spirit? Uh, maybe last night before going to bed, last week, last month. Has the Holy Spirit been on your radar? For most people, um, not so much. So how important is the Holy Spirit? What well, Jesus makes one of the most unique statements that I think uh, he caught the disciples off guard all the time with what things he said, things he did. But I think one of the places that threw him the most would be, well, as if we heard it. Jesus has uh, been three years with them. They've seen him do all kind of things. They see him, you know, kind of befuddle the religious leaders, raise people from the dead, heal, change water into wine, walk on water. It's been an amazing run with Jesus. And he makes this statement that says, I tell you the truth, John 16, 7, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage better that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So here's the question 
that the disciples had to wrestle with. Which would you choose? To be present with Jesus physically or have him go and have the presence of the Holy Spirit, which one would you choose? I would put all my money on the fact that they would say, as most of us would say, we'd better be with Jesus. I mean, walking, talking in his presence. What could be better than that? And Jesus saying, there is something better than that. This one helper that I will send, but I have to go away for this helper to come. I will send him. So what is this Holy Spirit? Well, first of all, it's not an it. The Holy Spirit is a he. How do I know that? Because Jesus called the Holy Spirit a he, a personality. If you look at his statement to his disciples, we're spending most of these statements from Jesus, are the last night with his disciples, the night that he will go to the garden and be betrayed and arrested and then on the way to the cross. He says this, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him, it neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So this Holy Spirit is a personality we will learn that he is part of the Godhead. Now, here's where you really lose brain cells when you start talking about the Trinity because the Trinity, an infinite concept that something could be three the same but unique, different at the same time. A finite mind can't get its hands, arms, mind around an infinite concept. We're just not good at that. And so uh, the best way that I can show you that this relationship of the Trinity comes from Jesus himself uh, that same uh, night. It says this. Um, uh, let's see. It says, well, let, let me go to the, the first one. It's uh, Mark 9, where you see all three of the persons of the Godhead at one time, and it's at Jesus' baptism, Mark 1, 9. It says, in those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. When he came up out of the water, immediately he saw heavens being torn open, the Spirit descending on him like a dove, and the Father's voice came from heaven saying, you are my beloved Son, with you, I am well pleased. Now, this is one of the places in Scripture where you have all three present and all three unique. The Father speaking, the dove descending, and Jesus coming out of the waters of baptism. So you have all three of them. Jesus does on the night that he's arrested, kind of gives us a 
picture that they're all the same one together with the different personalities and they can be known. Jesus says this in John 14, verses 6 to 9. Jesus tells his disciples, and you've heard this before, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. And then Philip goes, wait, wait, Jesus. He says, Lord, show us the Father. And it is enough for us. And Jesus says, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus is making this statement, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We're the same stuff. We're the same stuff. I and the Father are one. When you see me, you see him. All right? Well, what does that have to do with the Holy Spirit? He goes on. And then Jesus said uh, in John 14, starting at verse 15, If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Now, this word another, there are two words in the Greek for another. One word is not this one, but another. The other Greek word that's used here is one just like this one. When he says he's going to give you another helper, this Greek word says one just like me. So when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. When you've seen me, you've seen the helper because we're all one stuff. So if you can just kind of hold on to that for a minute, he is showing that the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead. Now, why is the Holy Spirit important? Do you, have you ever thought, how did Jesus get his power to do the amazing things that he did? Well, the first answer, you'd say, well, because he's God. Well, that's true. But Paul tells us in Philippians that Jesus gave up his godness when he became like us. So if he gave up his godness, how did he do godlike things for his ministry? The first, one of the times that Jesus, that Jesus goes to the synagogue, it's, it's his turn to speak or to read the scripture, and they'll hand him the scroll, and he says this. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me, causes me, set me apart to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then it says Jesus rolled the scroll up handed it back, sat down, and as everybody kind of leaned in to see what he was going to say next, he says this, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. What he's saying at his baptism, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and empowered him to do what he was sent to do. 
He did not do it by his own power because he set that power aside. He did it by the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life. So it's the Holy Spirit that is the power of Jesus' ministry. Now, you can go from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, and the Spirit does one thing in particular most of the time. Takes nothing and makes something. For instance, in Genesis, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, nothing. And the Spirit hovered over the earth. It was this, the life that God breathed into Adam was the spirit. Out of the clay, the spirit brought life to Adam. Out of the nothingness of creation, the spirit injects life. You see it at Christmas. There is a virgin who has a, a womb that is empty. And what does the Holy Spirit does? The Holy Spirit do. The Holy Spirit incarnates Jesus' life into the deadness of the womb. The Holy Spirit's job is to bring wholeness to the brokenness of our lives. The Holy Spirit is to bring power to the powerlessness of our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And Jesus says, Here's, here it is, John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sends in my name, will teach you all things and will teach and bring to remembrance those I have said to you. When he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment in John 16. In John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Guide you into truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has his mind, therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and de declare it to you. Now look at this. Uh, go two slides. One more. Look at the verbs of what the Holy Spirit does. Guide, speak, declare, glorify, take what is mine, declare it to you. He will do those things proactively. So he's teaching, he's helping us remember, he's revealing, he's declaring. Well, how do we hear him? Well, we hear him in a couple ways. One is through his word, through the word of God. We hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us. Jesus said, if you remain in me, my word my words will remain in you. You will be able to ask and it will be granted. The Holy Spirit brings this teaching to our minds. Almost every Sunday I pray that the Holy Spirit would do what the Holy Spirit does best. Take words that are written on a page and write them on our hearts. 
that we might become like Christ. Do you see the proactive nature of, of being educated and taught by the Holy Spirit? Now, I won't put you through my granddaughter's rendition of the Lord's Prayer again, as we looked at last week. But I remember I put her up on the screen and she said the Lord's Prayer as a three and a half year old. And I said, that's awesome. But what's going to be great is the day that she will come to know what those words mean. And, and, and that's not that she will learn what this word means and that word, there will come a time. But the time when the Holy Spirit takes those words and writes them on our heart, that when she says, our Father, she's not just using the word Father, but she knows that God is her Father. And that even though he is in heaven, with a holy name, he cares for her. The Holy Spirit will take what has begun with saying words to understanding the meaning of those words, to take those words and to write them on her heart so that she will live those words. That's what the Holy Spirit does. It's what the Holy Spirit does as we read the Word of God. Now, the Holy Spirit inspired these words to be written by humankind. When we read these words, when we familiarize ourselves with these words, the Holy Spirit uses them and we will recognize His voice and His direction for our lives. Studying the Word of God will make you sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit in your life because he will take the words that you read and make them real for you. The second place that the Holy Spirit speaks is in our prayer life. Now, the problem is with me, with maybe many of you, is that our prayer life is all speaking our needs. And very seldom do I, maybe you, put my antenna up and pause and listen to what God is saying to me that I am missing by talking, 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 and thinking about all the stuff that I have to do and all about me without pausing and listening. Those radio waves were only picked up when this was in a state no. to hear we care. and receive those radio waves. The same is true for us. It's why a part of simple, of moving steps closer to being who God would have us be is not asking, but is in listening being taught, being reminded, being directed, being influenced. Do you and I give the Holy Spirit a chance to talk? 
And you've been with people that it's, they never stop talking and you're exhausted. We need to stop and listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us because God is speaking all the time. The Holy Spirit does some amazing things. It, it just, it's so surprising. Uh, when I was younger, I had the opportunity to jump in a helicopter and, and go and to fly through the Grand Canyon and to be on this rim and to see the canyon be on this rim. So I thought, there's going to be nothing better than to take my kids who are in high school to see the Grand Canyon. We drove for days to see the Grand Canyon. We got out. I had them look at the ground, hold hands. I walked them to the edge of the canyon, canyon for this religious experience. And I said, open your eyes. And they opened their eyes and said, what are we having for lunch? I said, look. And they said, it's rocks. It, it's a hole in the ground. I said, you're not my children. <laughs> when I see the Grand Canyon, I see the face of God. I, I, it takes my breath away. The stunning awesomeness. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit saying, Jerry. made it for you to see his face and it's a wow it's like going for some of us to the ocean some people stand at the ocean they get wet and they see water some others look at it and know the vastness of God and are humbled by the experience that there's something greater than us and one who put this here is the Holy Spirit. But we have to stop and listen because the Holy Spirit is speaking, pointing. Do you see this? This is a gift from your Heavenly Father. This is a way to see the love of Christ. Somebody last night gave, uh, called me and said they had a note about an experience that their grand child had here and the, uh, the impact and, and to hear the impact on a life was like oh my gosh it was so worth God you are so great to use this not only to bless this child but to tell me today and bless me with it I mean God those, those waves are coming because God is speaking he has designed this he has gifted us with this. And we're running out of time. There's so much more about the Holy Spirit. But you got to stop. You got to put your antenna up. You got to listen and receive what God is saying. And, and maybe you do that before you go to bed. Some of the best time to do that is in the morning when you first wake up. If the kids aren't yelling and you don't, you're not late and the alarm hasn't, just sit in that silence before the, the, um, 
the schedule of the day becomes overwhelming or like me, think what you're going to have for lunch. What be, before you, you, you get those thoughts in the silence, allow God to speak and he will through the Holy Spirit in your life. Now, what I'm going to say next, I am not getting political. Um, but I'll bet, I'll bet I could ask each person in here three questions. And by the way you answered those three questions, I can tell you what television station you listen to for your news. I'll bet three questions could identify who's speaking into your ear. Because this is so true. Next slide. Next slide. Whomever you lend your ear to has the permission to influence your future. Whoever you lend your ear to has the permission to influence your future. Next slide. So when you cannot discern the voice of the Holy Spirit, when you do not take time to listen to the Holy Spirit, go ahead, Dorothy, you will follow the opinions of people. That is a biblical truth. When you do not take time to listen to the voice of God, if you name Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you can only do that by the power of the Holy Spirit that resides in you. If you do not listen to the Holy Spirit, you give whoever you listen to permission to influence your future and you will follow their opinions. So we must pause. It's the hardest thing we have to do. And, and the other problem, um, and, and most of us growing up who are a little older, remember those radios where you had to tune in the station? You know, it took fine tuning. And you really had to go someplace in the house to get a better signal, maybe to hear the Reds game at, at night or, or the Cleveland uh, game. You, you, you'd have to find that place to get the best signal. Where is that place for you? Do you have a place? And then the other thing is, and, and Mike Hoffman, with, bless his heart, he, we, we have this uh, AM radio uh, transmitter that we did Christmas. Lord help us, if it ever happens again, we're in a blizzard doing Christmas in the parking lot. But we're out there, and he's saying, it will all depend on the static that comes, whether the sun is in the sky and, and what the weather conditions and the atmospheric pressure. And I, the same is true for all of us. There are disruptions to getting that signal all around us. 
Where is it that you will go and tune in to hear the Lord clearly? Find that spot. Find that time. Can you imagine what it would be like to really realize and trust in the Holy Spirit? The third person of the Godhead to reside inside of you? The power that's at your disposal? The knowledge that the illumination that can happen if you just, and I just stop to pause to listen? Do you think that the things that come at us would have the power that we give them if we knew who was in us as followers of Jesus Christ? How do you live your faith? In the shadows? Or in the power of the Holy Spirit that is better than Jesus' presence with you physically. If you name Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, you have this Holy Spirit. And he is available. If you're here and you've never made a commitment to Christ, but you're thinking, I want that, that's the Holy Spirit. And it comes by bending your knee and trusting him to be your Lord and Savior. Trusting that Jesus died on the cross for you. And that Holy Spirit will illuminate and empower you. Do you think you might be able to stand a little taller? With a little more assurance. If you trusted, leaned on, learned from the Holy Spirit in your life. You think about that. Amen. Pray with me. Gracious Heavenly Father, we take so much for granted and we're so busy we don't stop. We don't realize the potential to plug into. Not one that's alongside of us, but one who's in us. The same power that Jesus had, we can have. In fact, we would do even greater things. Oh, Lord, teach us. Holy Spirit, illuminate us. And if there's anyone here, this would be the day to be empowered by trusting your heart to Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. As you leave this place, know that you don't leave alone. As a follower of Jesus Christ, you have the presence of the Godhead in your life. All the power, all the spirit who will teach you and open your eyes and show you as you leave this place. May you trust in that spirit's presence. May you find a place to tune in, to hear, to be changed, and to be an agent of change wherever you go. Go in peace to love and serve him. Amen. Thank you.